We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Rotoviz listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Rotoviz Radio and one of the co-hosts of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening into another Rotoviz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Rotoviz website, the best tools and content in the business for the best listeners in the business. As always, we do appreciate you listening to each and every show. And if you do have 5, 10, 15 seconds to spare, please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app. It is much appreciated. With all that said, thank you once again for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. Now let's get back to the show. We're looking at go routes and rushes to design gaps and a little Scott Fishbowl on Roto-Viz Radio. Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick, where two of the owners here at Rotoviz have a lot of fun things to talk about with our listeners and each other this week. But Curtis, it is almost time for the Scott Fish Bowl. Everybody is getting excited. I believe that people are becoming aware of their divisions. Have you been able to discover where you will have the pleasure of playing? this year yeah baby i'm in the uh blink 182 i think that's the legally the longest clip i could play uh without having a copyright issue there um but i'm in the blink 182 division i'm so excited about it um scott was kind enough to give me my uh chosen division of course this year the theme um, you know, being bands, music, I don't actually know what he's calling it, but it's like bands or musicians or, uh, musical entertainers or something like that. It's pretty loose, lots of divisions, but I'm in the blink 182 division. Um, one of my favorite bands of all time drew the 10 spot. Uh, pretty excited about that. That was my second choice, obviously, because I'm not a total fish. I, you know, requested the 101, um, but didn't get that. Uh, and so I went uh, with the third round reversal. Um, I think um, going late, if you can't go early, uh, is a nice trade-off. Unfortunately, um, fortunately, but also unfortunately, 
uh, Mike Beers is in the 12th spot Ooh. in my division. Uh, fellow, <laughs> fellow Blink-182 fan, uh, Beers and I have uh, bonded over uh, many uh, different musical acts over the years. Um, not just pop punk, but uh, of course, Beers, you know, one of my best friends um, in the industry and um, former former ownership uh, group member here at, at Rotoviz and creator of many of our tools, uh, for those of you listening that may not have been aware of that. And uh, so that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough at that corner um, every time um, doing the math on who, who Beers uh, might be taking. And of course, he's going to have some sort of crazy structural engineered thing uh, specific to the format that I'm gonna have to be battling. So that'll be a nice test. Um, Dave, what division are you in? And do you know your draft spot yet? Yeah, actually just found out. So I am in the Nirvana division, which I was pumped about my uh, requested division. Mm. I did not uh, specify what spot I wanted to draft out of. I like to just take it as it comes, give Scott a little leeway to maneuver things as he needs and take on a little bit of a challenge, but I am drafting out of the 11 spot. So like you, I will be starting off at the back end uh, of the first run. And I actually really enjoy being on the corners. I think it helps me to craft my approach to a draft a little bit better. And I like being able to, in very specific terms, think about my upcoming two picks and and use that into the way that I'm going to structure my team. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Um, I have not looked too much into the specifics of the format yet, uh, but I can say that this is something we always have a couple of cool pieces come out on the site about. Blair has developed a Scott Fishbowl tool in the past that will help everyone understand the ramifications of the particular scoring system for that year. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to just digging in on that and kind of exploring the chaos with a third round reversal, man. It's just going to be, it's going to be complete madness this year. Nobody's going to know what to expect. I'm so pumped, man. And, you know, this is, you know, I kind of view the Scott Fishbowl uh, as kind of like the redraft. Um, it's like the redraft new year. Uh, because, you know, Dynasty never stops. And, you know, we have seasons to Dynasty, you know, almost like the seasons of the year. Um, it really does seem like there's a spring, summer, fall, winter to the Dynasty calendar. And then, you know, of course, best ball. We've already been going. Uh, I think last time we talked last week, Dave, I was maybe 14 tournament drafts deep. Uh, something went terribly, terribly wrong last week. And I'm now 30 plus tournament teams deep. <laughs> <laughs> in the last week um and so that's been going hot and heavy but then of course now now the scott fishbowl really is that's the redraft start of the season and scott does such a great job with new inventive um ways to make the scoring you know interesting little tweaks and um you can't just you, you really can't phone it in you've got to do your research and that's the way it should be and i love that it brings you know the quote-unquote industry and um you know the general playing public together and the best thing about the Scott Fishbowl is the charitable um, aspect of it all. I mean, the Scott Fishbowl and the, the related uh, charity, Fantasy Cares, I mean, it's raised hundreds of thousands of dollars over the past uh, 10, 11 years since it's been uh, in existence. Of course, that's really ramped up in the last few years as, as Scott's continued to grow, uh, grow the, the tournament. And, and we've gone from, I think I remember when it was like, 180 teams and now it's like over a thousand teams every year just the the legwork that and, and the labor of love that this tournament is every year um just for fun and to raise money i mean it really speaks magnitudes about 
uh, Scott's character, that he continues to be inclusive. And also a special um, hat tip to Ryan McDowell, uh, who, you know, helps um, commission and set up all of the leagues. Uh, just an absolute My Fantasy League uh, whiz. And uh, special fun fact, back in the day when I was really cutting my teeth uh, in the industry, I actually designed some of the very first Scott Fishbowl t-shirts. Um, that was one way that I that I reached out and made some contacts in the industry. And they're, they're just so bad. I mean, RotoWare does so much cool stuff with those things and created his official logo and, and all of that. Um, but I, I remember, I think it was, uh, it was actually Sal, uh, Stephanie, uh, and I, um, kind of collaborated on the SFB 480 shirt, I think. And then maybe the one after that was the, like the Disney themed year. Uh, so that was fun. Um, but you know, just really appreciate Scott, his place in the industry. Uh, congratulations to him. Won a big, uh, recognition from, uh, Matthew Berry, uh, recently. And I mean, he's really been stacking up the recognition for what he does and rightfully so 2018, the athletic, uh, named him one of the persons of the year along with like Patrick Mahomes and Larry Fitzgerald. It's pretty cool stuff. Um, and he also received an S, uh, FSGA humanitarian of the year award, uh, in, in early 2020. So, um, you know, Scott, thank you for all you do in the industry, giving us, uh, a fun uh, tournament to focus on. And it's, and it's one of those uniting things, I think midsummer to, to bring us all back in and get us focused on the upcoming fantasy year. Um, Dave, we'll be able to strategize together, uh, both there at the back end of the first round. So I'm sure we'll get into that in future pods. Yeah, absolutely. Um, echo everything you just said there. And another exciting thing is that the SFB Podathon will be coming up too, which is always a great time too. So that like really kicks things off. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, and Dave, who, who's actually leading off? <laughs> who's leading off the SFB Podathon? <laughs> who's, who's leading off? It's this podcast. It's Dave Cabin and Curtis Patrick kicking the whole damn thing off. It's going to be great, man. Yeah, absolutely. So without further ado now, Curtis, let's get into some of this week's content. <laughs> Wrong drop. I hit the crickets drop. <laughs> so in the interest of uh, full disclosure here, I am in the process of packing up my house for moving and some of the stuff has turned around. I am using the different hand than I normally do to use my uh, roadcaster here and I hit the wrong thing. We're going to pretend that that was what I call the generic. So many drop. jokes. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, On a more serious note, I wanted to talk about a couple more of these cool advanced stats that I've been digging into um, on one more podcast here to give a little bit more of a flavor for what's going to be available as we move into the regular season. And in the regular season, I cannot wait to look at this stuff. But one thing I was curious about was the type of routes that guys run and how often we're running them. We've all heard about how Michael Thomas only runs slants and it's cool. You can go in, verify that he does indeed run a lot of slants, does run a lot of routes though. So it's not just the slants, but there are a lot. But one of the things I, I always found interesting is how often players run that just vertical straight line down the field the play that I would use in Madden that route on that four verticals just going straight deep I looked at go and fly routes right 
and looked at the players that ran the most routes of that nature last year. And then the really cool thing is you can actually look at the specific air yards that they saw on those type of plays, their yards after contact on those plays, touchdowns, drops, all kinds of stuff. Here is the list of the top 12. Curtis, you tell me who the name is that surprises you. I know you said before we started recording that one stood out to you. So there's Chase Claypool. Will Fuller should not be a surprise there. Deontay Johnson, Marquise Brown, DK Metcalf, Scotty Miller, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, DJ Moore, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, AJ Green, and Jalen Guyton. Yeah, and just from watching, uh, watch actually watching a lot of this team, because I, I watch almost every AFC North game uh, from start to finish, Deontay Johnson, don't remember him uh, necessarily running those true go and fly routes uh, to this degree. And to see him and Chase Claypool both in the top three is is pretty exciting. But But I think in this data, like you said, these are just traditional, true, straight line routes that can't be categorized any other way. We're not in, including... Uh, Skinny posts, skinny fades, uh, sluggos, um, you know, the little uh, fake hitch and go, all of those types of things would be thrown out. I mean, these are these are low routes run numbers. Um, and so I think that is kind of borne out in the data. But man, Deontay Johnson, too, you don't really think of him um, in this way. And then he he caught all five catchable balls for 184 yards. Um, you know, that's 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 pretty cool. Um, and then you hear the chatter about uh, Juju perhaps going back to the outside a little bit more this year and not as much in the slot. It's almost kind of curious because it seems like Claypool and Johnson were pretty deadly uh, when used this way. And, and perhaps the team would you know be best uh, suited to just kind of run back their passing attack plans from last year and hope that Ben's elbow uh, can hold up. Um, and I think, the, you know, the other player um, that's um, kind of exciting here and one that we've talked about as a deep um, dynasty stash and I know he's a personal favorite of yours is Jalen Guyton um, I think as Justin Herbert continues to evolve as a passer and now that that team's going to be changing their offense a little bit in the post Anthony Lynn era uh, perhaps you know and, and you know Hunter Henry's gone and a little bit of change there at the tight end position you know maybe a little bit more room for a third uh, receiver to get more involved and uh, man he put up 195 yards on his three receptions on those routes so a uh, pretty deadly weapon indeed. Anybody stand out uh, to you from this list, Dave? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, you know, I was, like you, pretty surprised when I saw Deontay Johnson on that list. I feel like you could have given me, I don't know, 40 guesses of players that were going to make it 
onto this list and I would not have come up with Johnson. Uh, so I agree with all those points that you said there. One thing that I found fascinating, I wanted to point out here, Marcus Valdez Scantling ran nine routes, nine targets, only caught five of them, but on those five targets accumulated 102 yards after the catch, which is really crazy. Um, not something that I would have expected to see and also racked up 234 yards. Now, is he going to be the number two, the number three in that offense in Green Bay? Is Aaron Rodgers going to be there? Still a lot of questions about him, but I will say that this was one of those things when I saw that I kind of tucked that away and said, if I start to see things coming down the line in that Packers offense that would allow Scantling to maybe get a little bit more of a share or have more projectable volume in it, you know, there's definitely some potential there that he could continue to be efficient with the work he does see. Um, so that, that was kind of the takeaway. I was glad to see DJ Moore on this list. And the most interesting thing, though, is that Mike Evans actually saw nine routes of that nature, but the actual air yards that he compiled off of that were only 29. So these are some very, very short go routes. Uh, but it was, it's interesting to me that you don't see them. You know, I, I was picturing much further passes down the field for, for Evans. So it's interesting when you see that and you think about what you normally picture as a player with, you know, that's used like this and what their upside could look like. Yeah, I think the issue with Evans' um, data set there is he did have 348 intended air yards um, on the seven targets, but only only one uh, completion. Um, and so I think those are the accumulated uh, air, the completed oh, right. air yards uh, on the the 29 the 29 there. So uh, Brady and Evans clearly have some work to do getting in sync on those deep targets. Um, you know, maybe maybe that's an opportunity in. Uh, in year two um, there. And and you do think of Evans being able to go up and win those jump balls. So I agree, it's it's a little bit uh, funny to see him show up in the top 10, but then actually not really do much with the opportunity. Yeah. All right. So this is another uh, one that I looked at that was more so for wide receivers, but it's interesting to see a running back pop up in this, this list of top 12 players here that were in motion before running their routes. Now, I'm not exactly sure where you can draw fantasy uh, implications of this, but I found it interesting, so I wanted to share. 28 times Chris Godwin was in motion before running a route, followed by Tyler Lockett at 27, Travis Kelsey at 26, J.D. McKissick at 24, tied with Keenan Allen, you have Robbie Anderson, who we're going to talk about later in the week, CeeDee Lamb, Curtis Samuel, Robert Woods, Darren Waller, Amari Cooper, and TJ Hawkinson. Of those players that I listed, the player that produced the most yards on those looks, in fact, was uh, Robbie Anderson, which is pretty interesting, followed by Chris Godwin. Uh, I'm not sure how easy it would, would have been for you to have expe expectations of who might've been on this list, but anything stand out to you there as notable? Um, so, yeah, so just to clarify, these are, these are the um, stats for players who were targeted um, on a route after being in motion. It's not right, all of right. the snaps they were in motion and ran a route. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, but this is really, you know, I, this list doesn't surprise me at all. Um, and, and what I think is um, interesting about this is, you know, this is very telling about the types of players that 
offensive coordinators and quarterbacks, you know, potentially even in an audible format. These are the players that are getting schemed open on a play. Um, when you, you know, you're either using motion pre-snap up to give the, the quarterback information um, about uh, the alignment or coverage that the defense is playing. I mean, you're going to, you're going to most often, uh, unless the defense is really, um, you know, hiding its hand pretty well, you're going to most often be able to tell, you know, are they in a man or a zone look um, by, you know, watching what happens as that player com- comes across formation, or perhaps the, the quarterback already knows what the defense is in um, due to film study. And they're just trying to, you know, move uh, that, that motion player onto a different defender uh, because of the type of route that they want to run or the area of the field that they want to target based off of uh, their understanding of the coverage on the other side. So these are players that, um, you know, these are all players other than JD McKissick at number four that you would be like, yeah, I could see wanting to scheme this player open on any given play because of, you know, their, their yak ability, their explosiveness. And it basically reads like a who's who of who was good in fantasy last year. Uh, and, and McKissick also would be on that list um, in PPR leagues. Um, but we, of course, don't expect him to reprise that role with everything, you know, Washington has done uh, this offseason. Robbie Anderson, you know, you you point him out. Um, Carolina with a different quarterback and having added Terrace Marshall and then Christian McCaffrey coming back. There's a lot more change in that offense maybe than um, I've appreciated so far. So from a projection standpoint and even from a Robbie Anderson usage standpoint, um, thinking back to how he and Sam Darnold would have worked together in the New York Jets offense, he would have probably shown up more on that go fly route list uh, than this, this routes after uh, motion list. And so there's a lot of um, you know potential change that could come in Robbie Anderson's data for this year. But when you think about CeeDee Lamb, Curtis Samuel, Robert Woods, and then uh, the, the tight ends, the one that really jumps out here for me is, is TJ Hawkinson. Because you see Kelsey, number three on the list. You see Waller, number 10 on the list. Okay, top two tight ends in fantasy. So this could bode well for, for Hawkinson if we see that number continue to, to, to leap up. Um, and, you know, perhaps he really can, you know, give us that true breakout year that everyone uh, seems to be forecasting with the Lions being so weak at, at wide receiver this year. Uh, those are maybe some high-level takeaways. I think, um, as you mentioned, it's kind of just interesting and notable, not necessarily actionable. Um, it's just illustrative of how players are being used. Yeah, but I do think the point that you make about TJ Hawkinson is one that should be viewed as encouraging from a fantasy perspective because we could already see, even when the team had other talented wide receivers, assuming that you think Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones are pretty talented in the offense, and I know that Galladay and Jones weren't on the field the entire season, but I think it's still interesting to see Hawkinson show up on that list. Now that he is arguably their main weapon in the offense, you know, it definitely speaks to what could be possible. Now to close things off, another piece of data I wanted to look at, which again, this might not be as actionable, but I think it gives, uh, a high level view of some of the things you can look at that are just going to inform the way that you watch games and the way that you think about players is I was looking at the percentage of, of rushing attempts where players either use the designed gap on their particular running play or that they don't use it. So the players that did it the least often, uh, you would have Joshua Kelly, Tony Pollard, Latavius Murray, Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, Gus Edwards, Adrian Peterson, 
Chris Carson, David Johnson. They went from around 56% to 63%. Then the running backs that were at the top of the list, I found it really interesting. With a player like Gus Edwards, you could say, all right, maybe it was his offensive line. You know, maybe for some reason it's hard for him to hit the design gap. But you actually see J.K. Dobbins, his teammate, and both of these players handled enough runs that I think it's a representative sample. Uh, J.K. Dobbins led all running backs except for uh, Damian Harris and Nick Chubb, who just finished ahead of him. Uh, but he 70, almost 78% of the time hit the design gap. So... I viewed that as really interesting because what it's showing me, at least on some level, is running backs do potentially have some type of control in their offense. You know, they they can make a difference, be used in different ways, even, you know, just as rushers. Uh, it's interesting that you see Nick Chubb and Damian Harris up high on that list. And then it's interesting in the case of the Browns, you also see Kareem Hunt at the 75% mark up there near Nick Chubb. Uh, so again, this was something that, you know, I don't know if there's a specific fantasy application, but I think that this is something I'm going to start paying more attention to tracking throughout the season. Cause I think it's just very interesting to see the different ways that running backs, uh, can accrue the yardage that they do. Yeah. It, there's a lot that goes into, um, a data set like this, because it's not just a running back stat. It's an offensive coordinator slash play caller stat. Um, and it's also an offensive line stat. And then then you look at, okay, what is the the general run blocking scheme um, of the offense uh, and how often are they uh, in a zone blocking look uh, versus a you know traditional you know man over man uh, blocking scheme? And so and, and you know how much um, uh, RPO stuff are they doing um, or true option stuff are they doing? So you know there's a there's definitely a lot that goes into it. Like when you see Dalvin Cook, um, being, you know, one of the lower designed gap runners in the data set doesn't really surprise me. Um, that's how we think of him as a runner. That's how we think of the Minnesota Vikings offensive line. Um, and you know, it's kind of designed to allow Dalvin cook to pick his, his hole. Um, and he's pr probably going to have a couple options on every play. Um, you know, but then going over to the other side of the list, you know, you see some power running teams, uh, show up there in the set. You see, um, Malcolm Brown for the Rams, you know, being used in that way. You see Derrick Henry showing up with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you see a Steeler. You, of course, see the pair of Browns. Um, and then you see two of the three um, primary Ravens rushers also showing up in that data set, as well as Josh Allen and Zach Moss for the Bills. So again, it's it's not just about uh, the runner, although sometimes it could be about the runner. And I've seen, you know, in particular, the number two least likely player to, to hit the design gap uh, on this list, Tony Pollard, um, personal favorite of mine, but I've seen that be uh, a, a criticism um, brought against him by some of the Dallas beats um, this offseason of, you know, is it indecisiveness of Tony Pollard or potentially, you know, the McCarthy group, you know, just trying to figure out how to use him. Does Should he be used differently uh, than Ezekiel Elliott? Um, you know, so, so yeah, there's a lot to really, I think, kind of uh, crack open here. I'm not sure it would necessarily be projectable, other than maybe looking at things like first down percentage um, or hit at the line, you know, those types of things um, in really specific types of fantasy leagues, perhaps, you know, things like that could be tiebreakers uh, when you're making a decision between two players. Yeah, that's that, that's a cool point, too. I hadn't even thought to mention you can actually see the percentage times the player was hit at the line. Uh, which is going to add an interesting level to the analysis of considering a team's 
offensive line. So there's just a lot of stuff that you could dig through and look at. Really fun to break this down. Um, as we look forward to the rest of the summer, I think we're probably going to stop looking at items like this and probably start looking more towards things that have a direct impact on fantasy leagues. Um, so we will be back with you tomorrow quick programming note last week we made some changes to the platforms that we use behind the scenes which caused me to be a little bit delayed with when things actually got published but we should be back to our routine schedule moving forward so we will see you tomorrow Thanks for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at DaveKabenFF and at CPatrickNFL. Email us at rotovizffshow at gmail.com. Visit rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information on listener-only discounts. And until next time, thanks for stopping by.